I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. I'm Russell Hargreaves. Heading into the international break, we'll be speaking to Aaron Ramsey and Wales' Euro 2016 heroics. We'll also hear from Per Mertesacker. Our Arsenal insider this week is journalist Nick Ames. Adrian Clark is back for another edition of the Chalkboard. As ever, we kick off with the weekend review. Arsenal were looking to make it five wins from five as they made the trip north to take on Burnley at Turf Moor, but were frustrated by Burnley's resolute defence. Well, the game looked to be heading for a draw deep into the 92nd minute. What we're going to do today is play the entire commentary of Nick and Dan as the goal flew in and its build-up, because let's be fair, it was that good. 30 seconds remaining. Monreal, Ozil, desperate stuff for Burnley. Arsenal themselves throwing everything at the men in Clarendon Blue. Alexis, right-hand side, pulls it by the shot over the crossbar from Oxlade-Chamberlain. But it takes a deflection and it will be a corner. Are we going to have late drama? No-one's leaving Turf Moor. The Gunners have a corner. Time is just about up. Pedacek stayed back. Surely he should come forward as well. Last act of a dramatic game. Alexis, and it comes in the header! Oh, he's got in! Arsenal scored! With seconds on the clock! It's Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, is it? Who got the final touch on that? Unbelievable pandemonium! Burnley thought that they got a draw here, but literally, with a final touch, the Gunners bundle it over. I think it was the Ox who got there. You cannot quite believe this. As the cross came in for once, Burnley did not clear and Arsenal somehow have forced it home. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain taking the board. We're going to see it again here. He was certainly on site. There's no doubt about that. And I don't know which part of his anatomy has forced it over the line, Nick. But it has gone in. I think it's the Ox. He I, certainly I don't think it is. It. it was flicked on by Walcott. And it's actually oh, kicked oh, in against Kossi Elney. It's gone in. Happy anniversary, Arsene Wenger. 
Well, an incredible were... finish to this game, Dan. Shkadran Mustafi dealt with everything the Clarets front line had to throw at him over the course of those 90-odd minutes. And afterwards, the Germans spoke about the team's steal. Yeah, it was all about, all about coming here, giving everything, you know, against big teams that play with you. Um, yeah, it, it suits us more because we are a playing team as well. But then when you come to pitches like this, the fight, you know, it's not, it's not always, it's not easy to come here and then change from style to steel. Um, but we showed a great character, we showed great steel and uh, that's what gave us the, the three points in the end. Next up, the boss himself faced the media and talked up his team's will to win. You could see that Burnley will make us suffer and uh, we refused to give in until the last second. We, we kept uh, our passing right, you know, and uh, that is very important. That shows uh, that the squad is mature and uh, that we can be patient uh, when needed and keep going and uh, didn't concede a goal. Again, we, we didn't concede against Chelsea, didn't concede against Basel, didn't concede today. I must say, uh, the, the defenders deserve a double credit today because uh, not only did they not concede, but they scored as well. Well, those precious, precious three points helped close the gap at the top of the Premier League table to Manchester City, who'd lost for the first time this season earlier in the day in the league. And it sends the Gunners into the international break on a high, just two points off the pace. I mentioned at the start of the show, we're going to be hearing from Per Mertesacker, and here is the German defender talking to Arsenal media's Nick Bramsack about his pride at being named club captain this season and also his thoughts on Arsenal's new recruits. For me, this is really huge and a big privilege. Um, this is a unique club to be named Arsenal captain and then from a manager who's got served 20-plus years um, in the Premier League. So... Um, this is, this is a good feeling and I feel really confident, you know, to, to have a good role, you know, to take that responsibility and uh, to have a great season as a captain. That is uh, what you want for yourself and for, for the team and for the club. Has anything changed from the last couple of years? Because you've always had a lot of responsibility in the squad. Not really. Uh, not really, I have to, I have to admit, because um, I've always tried to be myself mm -hmm. and give uh, give the best um, to the team and to the success of the team. And that was always being honest, being very disciplined and having an opinion, um, especially here in the inner circle. So that was always my approach to the game and to the responsibility at this club. So that hasn't changed at all and I would say uh, I will stick to that. Mm -hmm. I will, that, will be, that will be authentic for myself and um, we've got great leaders, we've got a great group here. Um, everyone needs to take responsibility, that's what a team is about. Um, and um, I think to be named captain is great but um, that won't change my mindset and my uh, work ethic mm -hmm. uh, and what I stand for. So, but it has been a great five years at Arsenal here and that is definitely to be named captain is a peak. And, uh, I want to make sure that we, that we are successful as a group and uh, the first thing you take care of is um, to be yourself and uh, not try to change mm. too much and that is uh, what my approach is. So uh, it's a huge honour but on the other hand... Uh, 
won't change my, my mindset, as I said. I guess the squad and, and the club has changed a lot in, in those five years, and especially now we've, we've got quite an experienced squad, the likes of Laurent, yeah. Petr Cech, Santi Cazorla. How important will those guys be, especially when, when you're recovering in Germany? Yes, um, even more huge for me, when I was named captain when I, despite being injured. And uh, that gives me huge motivation to come back. But I cannot play the part I want to play. Mm. I want to be fit. I want to be. I want to contribute on the field and off the field. And that is while I'm struggling now due to my injury. Um, you need to have good players and good leaders around here um, who take res responsibility while the captain is is out or whatever. So. Um, I'm really confident about our group, about this organization here, that we built something over the last couple of years while I was here. And so um, even when I'm out, we've got enough people who step up or can even more step up now when the captain is out. So we've got huge possibilities and um, um, even for younger players, um, we've got great, another, a lot of great examples in the past young players stepping up and filling in some roles and being uh, regular mm. um, and we have seen a lot of things uh, this year and now um, that we got a lot of great additions now we've got full squad great competition uh, within I think we can play a big part in this season and that's our expectation in ourselves and um, but as I said being injured is not the best feeling not to contribute that much as, as you want. Of course, yeah. Um, so there, on that front, uh, you need to sometimes you need to take care more of yourself and focus on yourself. Being being injured, but uh, I think we have we have a good squad and a bright squad, experienced, and uh, we have a lot of players, older young players, stepping up and filling in uh, even a role of a captain. And I guess an example of that is someone like Granite, who's captain Munchen Gladbach, who's come to the club. He's still quite young, but already has those kind of leadership credentials. And you can feel it in his in his behaviours on and off the pitch already. Mm. So I saw him just a couple of days, and I know there's um, he's working really hard, you know, to step up here straight away, mm. not hesitating um, to fill in, to have an important role in this in this club. And this is the expectation from the club, but his as well, that fits completely. And um, I think Arsene didn't rush to let him play from the start, so gave him a little bit of time to settle in, but now it feels like he can he can play. Absolutely. And he can play our style, and he can, he can be an impact defensively, but offensively as well. So he's got a good player to keep that balance in the, in the group, um, but very impressive. Uh, on the pitch to be that to be that man who can really uh, be a good box-to-box -box player. And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or oh, Charlie George who can hit him. Oh, a free goal! It's up for grabs now. Thomas right at the end. On October the fourth, nineteen eighty, Thomas Rudzitski was born in Prague. The Czech Republic international joined the club in 2006 from Borussia Dortmund and became a cult hero among the fans. 
Of course, Thomas scored some cracking goals during his time at Arsenal. We've picked out a couple of them for you against Spurs in their 5-2 victory at the Emirates in 2012. That's first up. After that, we've also found you the second, which is his 2-0 FA Cup third round winning goal in 2014, as the Gunners, of course, went on then to lift the famous trophy. Van Persie, Arsenal got plenty of players over. Here's Rosicki, Sanya has made the overlap. Sanya plays it across, Rosicki's there and scores! Arsenal have turned this game round, they were two goals behind and now they have the lead. What a comeback so far, this is a brilliant game at the moment and a great finish for Thomas Rosicki, you've got to give him great credit for that. What a time to score your first goal of the season. And that's a terrible mistake by Danny Rose, Thomas Rosicki is on his own, he's completely through, Rosicki, 2-0 to Arsenal! Thomas Rosicki's first goal of the season, and is that the goal that books Arsenal's fourth-round place? Well, that's what you call taking advantage of uh, a bad mistake. Rose messed around. You can't do that when you're last man. Thomas left the Gunners eventually in 2016 after nine seasons with the club and returned to Sparta Prague. He played in total 246 times for the Arsenal and during that time scored 28 times. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, the football writer Nick Ames is our Arsenal insider this week and joins us on the line now. Uh, Nick, great to have you on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thanks for having me. Uh, I believe among your various roles and various strengths, you're uh, becoming increasingly well-known for your niche of, of obscure footballing knowledge. Is that something that you've kind of worked out over time and built on, or has it been innate since pretty much you got into the game? <laughs> I've, I've, I think um, maybe sometimes things just happen to you and you, you build on from there. You, you can end up in a, a strange game in Eastern Europe or Africa or something like that, and... Uh, then you, then you get a reputation whether it's a good thing or not. <laughs> Useful in pub quizzes, I'd have thought, with your mates at times, though, is it? Yeah, I thought so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were obviously up at Turf Moor over the course of the weekend to see Arsenal win late on against Burnley. Um, what did you make of, of the performance, but also, again, grinding it out and, and getting that all-important win? Well, that was the thing. As, as, as Arsene Wenger said afterwards, <coughs> they, they, they did keep going at a place where where they're not going to win every header or every tackle to face like Burnley. You're going to have to dig in, play that physical game too. And I think it had got to the stage in the 92nd minute where, where maybe no one would have been too downhearted with a point after, you know, a, a very busy few, few days and weeks. Again, where not many chances that were created. Maybe Burnley actually had had the two or three best efforts on goal. But they kept plugging away and if they got a bit of luck, really, so what? Because everyone needs a result like that, one that sort of goes your way when maybe you don't deserve all three points at the end of the season. And I think it's, it's a great credit to the mentality of these players that they do keep going, keep piling men into the box in the 92nd minute and don't settle for a point where other teams might. And you just look at how the table now stands heading into the international break then, Nick, and obviously two points behind leaders Manchester City, closing that gap, still just one point behind Spurs and, and sitting third and, and increasingly involved in that little battle near the top early on. Exactly. It's, it's very encouraging to, to be lodged in among that pack with the international break approaching. I and mean, I think it's, that's also why it was such an important win, because... You love to go into the international break on a bit of a high, don't you? You don't like going in on a, on a flat moment or, or indeed on the back of a defeat. And um, 
Um, I'd say that another point I'd make about yesterday was that I was really impressed with Shkodran Mustafi, who I know has made a big impact around the club on and off the pitch since he arrived. And I think that the way he handled Sam Boots, who, as we all know, is a big guy, six foot two, there'll be a lot of challenges there. Um, the way he handled him boded really well. I think he's a bit of a character. And I think the way he defended against a very tough physical opponent yesterday, and he set the tone as well for a lot of Arsenal's challenges, um, really bodes well for the future. He's obviously one of the new additions that come in undone very well. We've seen Granit Xhaka get more and more game time and grow, I think, in his influence. And then you look at one or two of the, the players that have played a lot of this season, Nick. Iwobi stood out for me. Bayerin just gets better and better. There's, there's quite a few positives. Who would you pick out? Um, I, was, I was still thinking about Theo Walcott. It was a, a quieter game of his yesterday on the whole. But I think the intelligence he's using in deeper areas on, on the ball now is much much sharper than it was a few years back. I think we saw that with the second goal against Basel the other night where he had several defenders in front of him. The play was quite slow and he knew when to quicken it up with a sharp one-two with Alexis Sanchez, which is a move they tried a couple of times yesterday and it didn't quite pay off. But I think we're, we're seeing players like Theo, you know, age 26-27, really coming to their peak now. And again, I think that's a, a very encouraging thing. You used to work at the club, didn't you, a few years ago. How much do you think the squad, the mentality, pretty much everything has evolved and changed since you've been away from here? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Yeah, the depth of that squad now and the personalities that they've got, um, I think are as good as they've been for many years. I mean... Just to clarify, I think it's always been a squad of decent characters. I, I, I joined the club in 2007, was there until 2013, and I, I think Arsenal's excellent at, at getting guys in with the right dedication and the right mentality. But whenever I'm back at the club now, I just get a sense of you know pure professionalism, pure focus, 
and a group of players that just seem to genuinely get on so, so well. And I go back to, to, to Mustafi, who I think Theo was talking about last week, um, saying, saying that he's had such a big impact in the dressing room. I think Granit Xhaka has too. He's, um, they're bringing in young, motivated guys who really know how to integrate into a squad and really bring everyone together. Well, let's finish with a few quick-fire questions. Then, of course, we're celebrating Arsene Wenger's 20-year anniversary during this week's edition of the show. Um, just tell me one or two of your personal favourite memories of working in, around, under the boss. Ooh, well, there's many. I mean, I mean, in general, it was such a pleasure to to be able to to interview him as a as a member of staff previously at the club because he's he's the kind of guy who you cannot take your ears off him for a moment, if you see what I mean. In conversation, he'll always be, be, be saying something profound or new or interesting. And believe me, in football, that is not always the case. But he wasn't someone who you could just switch off in, um, in, in conversation when you were talking to. There was always, always something interesting. In terms of performances, I mean, in my time at the club, there weren't any trophies, sadly, but I won't forget that night against Barcelona 2-1 with um, Ashevin during the winner. In a hurry, that was just an absolutely fantastic night for everyone. There was the five two, um, the five two against Tottenham, and that little spell that season where Thomas Rizitsky and Mikel Arteta were really, were really pushing teams in midfield. And then before then, as um, as a fan, you know, I, um, I won't forget watching the the Villarreal semi final in the Champions League and Jens Lehmann's penalty save, and of course, wonderful teams like like the Invincibles, about which enough has been said already, but. I, I, I personally couldn't have any more respect for Arsene Wenger than I do having seen seen how he works around the club as well as seen the teams he puts out. So a couple of quick fire, he said. Theo Walcott, we've talked about him already. Under or over 15 goals in all competitions this season? Uh, over, I think he's got five, five already, which is his best tally for um, going into October. And as long as he stays fit, which has been the issue before, then I, I think it comes to be over 15. Arsene Wenger, the greatest Arsenal manager of all time? Uh, yes, for everything that he's done off the pitch as well as, as on it. I think he has to be, yeah. And which Arsenal player loaned out at the moment could have the biggest impact on the team if they get their opportunity moving forward? Joel Campbell, obviously, still, still has a lot of potential. Uh, playing for a, good, um, for a good club in sporting and is only 24 years old, so... I would still say there's hope for him. I would agree with you. Brilliant stuff, Nick. Thank you very much indeed for coming on to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast and we appreciate your time, pal. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Well, as of course it is the international break, we thought it was high time we spoke to Arsenal midfielder Aaron Ramsey about Wales' fairy tale summer at the Euros and expectations on that same team ahead of World Cup qualification. Aaron, welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Have you noticed any differences like in the way you perceive back home now that you've had a bit of international success in the football department? Um, well, while we were away, it was, uh, we were sort of in our own little bubble in, um, in France and we didn't realise the effect that it was having back at home. So, you know, when we come back and we had that parade, it was just incredible scenes like and it. And we sort of, you know, it was, it was quite nice a feeling to have how, you know, how we sort of gripped the nation and, and brought everybody sort of together. And, um, 
And yeah, it reminded me of like the the rugby days back in in you know a few years ago. But um, it was nice to for football to sort of you know bring so many people together and and have that sort of effect on on the country. Could you did you know something was happening? Yeah, we knew. Like obviously, I was speaking to my my family quite regularly, and they were saying like. Um, you know, you don't know what's happening back at home. Everybody was, you know, just right behind the team and everybody was talking about it and, you know, the fan zones, things like that. It, it just gripped the whole country and everybody was, um, everybody was sort of involved in it. So um, we didn't really get to experience that when we were there, but yeah, speaking to family and things, we sort of knew something was going on. Wales. Rugby still number one? Not anymore. Not anymore? No, you reckon you caught up? No, I think we've taken over him now. Have you have you talked to any of your rugby uh, colleagues? Yeah, no, yeah, I've spoken to a few of them, and you know they were just as 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 excited and, and you know buzzing as, as the rest of the whole country was. So, uh, um, so yeah, it was uh, you know everybody like gets behind each other in Wales. So. <laughs> Uh, is there a bit of that rugby spirit because the Welsh are so known for their rugby spirit, those fighting qualities? Do you take a little bit of that with you? Are you inspired by them? Yeah, I think you can. You know, the, the Welsh rugby have always had that and um, that togetherness, and you know they sort of die for each other out there. And I think you know over the last sort of three years with Wales, I think we've 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 got that. We've added that to our game. So. Um, you know, everybody fights for each other out on the pitch and, and works for each other and um, and that's been, you know, one of the main reasons for our success. Wales have gone from being the hunter to being the hunted now. You you will have a target on your back from now on. Um, do you do you sense that? Do you feel that teams are no longer gonna be like, Oh, it's little Wales, it's like, no, no, we've got to step up here. Yeah, I think I think we need to, to um, acknowledge that now, you know, we've We've had a good campaign. We've shown what we're capable of doing against some real good opposition. So, um, so teams will probably look at us a lot differently now. Um, so yeah, we will have to sort of, you know, come up against different tactics and things, and uh, we'll have to try and break them down. Last one, Euro 2016. What was your favourite moment that maybe the cameras didn't pick up or that? no one may or may not know about because there was a lot of videos coming out of your camp there was guys dancing in dressing rooms yeah well, the whole team had a lot of fun uh, you know the the manager was was great at that and um that he gave us that freedom to go out there and enjoy ourselves as well you know put the work in on the pitch but then you know you can have a bit of downtime and things like that so i think probably um um i think when we when we got knocked out, I think we had a, you know, obviously we were gutted and that. We had a couple of days and then we, we sort of went out then and had a, had a few beers as a team just to say, you know, like what well, we've, like, we've digested it all and sort of, you know, we've achieved something great here. And, you know, it was just a, it was just a good day. Um, it was very busy in, in the town of Dinard. I think France were playing that evening as well against somebody. So uh, it, it was, um, yeah, it was just chaos, you know, walking through the streets there and, and getting hassled. So, um, yeah, that was probably one, one thing that, you know, was, uh, was a good sort of send-off for the trip. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark.
Well, it's high time we returned to the chalkboard with our very own Adrian Clark. Clarky, burning the midnight oil, looking a bit tired. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, it's never easy when uh, did a match day show on a Sunday evening and then have to do the breakdown for the next morning. But look, it's it's all part of the all part of the job. I love it really. I mean, watching Arsenal and analysing Arsenal, I mean, it's, it's not that bad, is it? No, particularly when there's another last gasp win in there. Yeah. Decent runners have been talking about during the show at the moment. Mm. Just tell me a little bit about your memories of great Arsenal last gasp minutes. Well, well, there have been a few, haven't there, over the years. There is only one standout, isn't there? And it takes me all the way back to 1989. Michael Thomas, last kick of the game. I was a schoolboy here at the time and I was already fully ingrained in the club. I'd been spotted at the age of 10. Um, I used to go to all the games at Highbury. So this was a huge moment. Um, sat at home watching it with my family. And I've got to say, my head almost hit the ceiling when Mickey Thomas burst through to score that winning goal. I, I, look, I know Sergio Aguero scored a title winning goal with virtually the last kick of the game. But still, for me, Michael Thomas, 1989, it doesn't get any better. Yeah, very, very special moment indeed. Of course, we talk about historic special moments. We've been celebrating 20 years of the boss in charge here at Arsenal. Mm. Um, let's just start, if we can, with perhaps your recollections, really, your thoughts on your experiences of working under him, with him, around him? Yeah, well, unfortunately, one of my biggest regrets, really, of my football career is that I never got the chance to work with Arsene Wenger enough. Because I'd like to think that I was his type of player, quite a technical player, but it didn't quite happen for me. Most of his first season, I was out on loan um, at various places, so I never got to work with him a lot. I trained with him a good few times, probably had 20, 25 training sessions with him. Um, always enjoyed very, very different to the previous regimes with, with Bruce Rioch and George Graham, but, but it was educational and, and the players loved it. I mean, the emphasis was on pass and move football and that was a joy to be a part of. I, yeah, I just wish I'd had the chance to, to play under him in the first team. And was his love for the English game already quite apparent? Because he talked, hadn't he, upon arrival about how this was one of his very much bucket list opportunities was to come here. I think so, yeah. I think he wanted to bring his own um, knowledge to the table. And I think he realised that he could introduce so many new things to English football, which was great already. And, and it was perfect, wasn't it, in the way that he blended the skill, the grace of the football, the new philosophy, with power and pace. He didn't ignore the importance of strength and power and good defending. And um, those early teams, especially that 1998 double winning side, just after I left the club, I thought it was just superb because it, it just married the old with the new perfectly. And, uh, well, from then, he never looked back. Let's just talk about one or two standout Arsene Wenger moments and decisions. And we'll go, I think, with his greatest signing and why. Oh, <laughs> that, that's, that's massive. I mean, God... There are two, I okay. think. I okay, think that's yeah. acceptable. I mean, Patrick Vieira is the first signing, and it was it was um, the fact that it worked so brilliantly for him. I think set him on the right path. It, it was a stunning acquisition because no one had heard of Patrick Vieira. Let's be honest, and um, he symbolised the first great Arsene Wenger team. So that is an unbelievable sign. And I think the acquisition of, of Thierry Henry has to go down as well, cosmic, really, in the history of Arsenal Football Club because he was a winger struggling to find his way at Juventus yeah. at the time. He wasn't uh, a sought-after player, but he saw something in Thierry that other managers didn't, and thank goodness he did because he turned out to be quite successful, really. Yeah, because there were three or four arrivals, weren't there, in quick succession, of which he wasn't 
by any means the most vaunted, even from the English media's no, point of view. I don't think so, no. Yeah. Um, Perez, Lundberg, great signings. I mean, Lundberg wasn't heralded um, and turned out to be a fabulous signing. Obviously, um, Overmars was great, but he cost a few quid. you got to say, Anelka, the profit he made on that deal, it was a shame he couldn't stick around. But look, there were so many. I mean, not, he hasn't got every transfer right. There have been a few duff ones down the years. Tell me a manager that hasn't done that, but there have been a lot of good ones. If, if there's any manager out there that can say, if the error on Henri were my two best signings, you know, <laughs> they'd be pretty chuffed with that. Let's move on to perhaps the single greatest Arsenal performance oh. that sums up Wenger over those 20 oh, years. What me. encapsulates the great man? Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. That is... that. Wow. Oh, there so, have been so many, haven't there? I... I'm trying to think back to, to the... I would say the Invincibles team yeah. encapsulated the Wenger ethos in terms of power, pace, individual magnificence, work rate, team ethic. It, it, was, a, it was a wonderful team. I think there was a goal at, at White Hart Lane in, in, on the day when Arsenal won the title where they swept upfield from defence to attack unbelievably. And um, Patrick, uh, was it Patrick Vieira burst through, I think, to, to cut the ball across. Was it Robert Perez who scored the goal? It was, it was a sweeping counter-attack. I think that move probably summed up Arsene Wenger and, and uh, that team and the way that he wants, his, wants Arsenal to play. There have been so many. The goal against Norwich that Jack Wilshere scored. Yeah. Wow. The, the, you know, the pinball football. Yes. That was stunning. Recently, the game against Chelsea, I thought, you know, the, the power football there. The Man United this time last year blitzing them, blowing them away in the first half. That is Arsene Wenger, or Wenger ball, shall we call it. Wenger ball at its very, very best, where it's pretty to look at, but also unbelievably destructive. Let's conclude then with another tricky question for you, rude not to. Which is the greater <laughs> achievement, Clarkey? The Invincibles achievement or keeping the club in the Champions League for so far, and may it continue for a long time, 19 consecutive seasons? <laughs> I, think, I think Invincibles, I, I do, because it, it hasn't been done before. <clears throat> um, it, it's unbelievable, really. But, but uh, it is, it's still a magnificent achievement to be top four every single season to be so consistent and uh, yeah he's it, 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 done so so well it's unbelievable really I, I've actually enjoyed a lot of the other stuff as well away from the football little bits of his personality when they've shone through I've loved his press conferences where he, he answers everything and he, he always has that little nibble back well, I've been to many of those and, and, <laughs> well, like, and thoroughly enjoyed them as when well you, when you see Arsene Wenger happy as well when you see him just smiling because he knows he's captured the right player or he knows his team has been magnificent I think that, that is always Nice. And when he was naughty at Old Trafford, um, you know, we got sent to the stands and, and, and uh, he didn't know where to go. Little things like that, I think, uh, are just as good memories, actually, as, as some of the football itself. He's, uh, yeah, he's been a great man for the club um, on and off the pitch. Clarky, brilliant stuff. Get back to work and um, enjoy your international break and we'll catch you in a few days. Nice one, mate. That is full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Per Mertesacker, to Aaron Ramsey, to Nick Ames, and of course to Adrian Clark. Don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star review in the process so that you never miss another episode. You can now find us on Acast as well. We're back on Monday, the 10th of October. Until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you got us. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.